Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Ohio Mysteries Backroads. In this podcast, we explore the stories, rumors, legends, and lore of the great Buckeye State. We're your hosts, Mike and Dan. So get ready, another episode is about to begin. And welcome to another edition of Ohio Mysteries Backroads. I'm your host, Dan, and this guy over here is Mike. Mike, hello. Hi, Dan. What's in store for today? Well, let me tell you, this is going to be a tale of greed, drugs, a mob boss, prison roommate, a palace in the woods, and hidden treasure. So like a party at your house. (laughs) Only if you are there. Only if you would invite me. (laughs) Like all great stories, this one begins with, here's how it happened. Leonard Faymore was born on July 9th, 1935 in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. He would go on to graduate from the College of Osteopathic Medicine and Surgery in Des Moines, Iowa. After that, he would move to Ohio and he began to work at the doctor's clinic and would eventually purchase this facility. And this facility was in Elyria, Ohio. With his girlfriend, Doris Hunt, by his side, Dr. Faymore would purchase 18 acres of land in North Ridgeville, Ohio, with an idea to build their version of paradise, complete with an elaborate castle designed by Dr. Faymore himself. Naming the location Treasure Palace, Faymore and his girlfriend, began construction in 1974, clearing the land by hand and digging the foundation themselves with buckets and shovels. So he wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty, was he? No, no, he sure wasn't. And while everything seemed to be going according to their plan, Dr. Faymore realized he would have to figure out a plan to pay for it all. What was the castle like? Well, the castle, now imagine this. It's a cinder block castle. And it was enormous. It was huge. They didn't finish the whole thing. And so that kind of added to the mystery that this castle would only be half completed. So the castle would feature a 90 foot by 35 foot master bedroom. Eight bedrooms, each with an elaborate fireplace. The castle would also feature tunnels leading to an aviary, a greenhouse, a wine cellar, an indoor swimming pool, and to top it all off, it had a working drawbridge over a moat. This guy put everything into this castle. Sounds like he had it all. Well, he really did until things started to go south. Okay, that doesn't sound good. Nope. In fact, the ship is about to hit the rocks, so... 
So Dr. Faymore began operating a drug dependency program at the clinic. And the clinic received a DEA certification of registration to dispense controlled substances. So in essence, what he's going to start to do is working out a drug rehab program. And it was really one of the first of its kind in the area. So that was his idea. And unfortunately, here's where it all started to go south. By 1980, Customers began to flock to the clinic, and they would often spend anywhere from $200 to $300 for prescriptions of controlled substances. Faymore would receive a $10 fee on each prescription for what he liked to call his defense fund, and he's going to need that defense fund in short order. So, in essence, what happened, it became kind of a pill factory. And soon patients would begin to line up daily at 4 o'clock in the morning to get a ticket to hold their place in line just to receive their medication. Soon drug use and the sale of drugs in the parking lot alone would quickly raise the suspicion of local law enforcement and they would describe drug use and sales as rampant only in the parking lot alone. So soon people were coming from over 10 states away and over 100 Ohio cities on any given day these people would all be serviced by Dr. Faymore's clinic. And soon the word drug kingpin began to be whispered about Dr. Faymore. This, this, this had to raise all kinds of red flags. Yeah, it sure did. And as a kid, I kind of vaguely remember my parents taking me by this guy's office. And there were just cars packing the parking lot day and night. It was, it was like a circus. Well, soon Lorain County Prosecutor Greg White began to investigate, and he would remark that Dr. Faymore sold drugs at the rate popcorn was sold at the movies. Hmm. So on December 11th, 1981, the DEA terminated Dr. Faymore's ability to prescribe controlled substances and began to plan an undercover sting operation where they would sell Dr. Faymore a large quantity of quaaludes correctly figuring he would continue to sell the drugs even though he didn't have a medical license. Wow. On June 11th of 1982, a customer of Dr. Faymore's asked an undercover DEA agent if she knew of a place where he could buy a large quantity of quaaludes. The DEA agent introduced the man to another DEA agent and they set up a transaction with Dr. Faymore being involved. One trip was made to Dr. Faymore's house where he was interested in meeting the other DEA agent whom he thought was a drug supplier. So Faymore's thinking, hey, I got a large quantity of drugs. I don't have a medical license anymore, but at least now I've got, uh, I've got a source for, for more drugs. But on July 29th in 1982, the two DEA agents showed up at Dr. Faymore's and Faymore searched them for guns, and then they agreed to purchase 1,000 quaaludes for $2,500. On August 12th of 1982, so just a short time after, the DEA agents also sold Faymore 1,000 quaaludes for $2,500, and then, a short time later, another 10,000 quaaludes. The next day, a DEA agent again met with Faymore, this time to sell another 10,000 quaaludes, 7,200 Talwins, and 7,200 TBZs. So this is going to go south quickly here. 
Yep, yep, yes. So he just sold drugs to an undercover DEA agent, and now it's time to face justice. So at the meeting for this transaction, the DEA agent withdrew his revolver to arrest Famor and tried to detain him. But Famor and the agent, they would struggle, and the gun would discharge, grazing Famor's right ear. During the scuffle, Famor would gain control of the revolver and jumped in his car and sped away. Famor would lead the DEA agents on a dangerous high-speed chase until it eventually came to an end where Famor was arrested only a short distance away. Dr. Famor would be convicted of 11 counts of unlawful possessions with intent to distribute various controlled substances and one count of the use of a dangerous weapon against a DE agent in the course of their official duties. He would be sentenced to 40 years in prison and he would wind up serving 15 years. That's a stiff penalty for, for the crime, huh? Yeah, well, seemingly on the surface, but this guy was operating without any constraint and he continued to sell drugs even after he lost his medical license. And here's where it gets interesting. He would serve his time at a prison in Wisconsin where his roommate happened to be the reputed Cleveland mob boss, James Jack White Lacavelli. Oh, yeah. Wow. I bet their war stories were interesting. Whatever became of the castle? Well, the castle was about a third of the way done when Famor went to prison in Wisconsin in 1982. At this time, the castle was put up for sale on the market, but it was never sold. Faymore's girlfriend was trying to sell the property for $300,000, which was a lot of money back then, in order to mount an appeal of his conviction, but the property didn't sell. So Faymore would be released from prison. However, he would never return to his beloved castle in Ohio, and he would pass away on December 18, 1998, shortly after being released from prison, and the castle would languish in the Ohio woods since his death. But the story doesn't end there. No. Not more? There is more. It's not over by a long shot. As a matter of fact, it was around this time that a rumor began to circulate that Dr. Famor had stashed a large sum of money somewhere at his beloved treasure palace. And soon, vandals and treasure seekers began to search anywhere and everywhere on his property, and they mostly focused on the unfinished castle. Well, what do you know about that? Well, this is a little bit before my time, and although this is 100% something I would have done, I have never been to Dr. Famor's castle. But people seeking the rumored treasure began to punch holes in the cinder block walls that formed the castle. Supposedly, everyone had their hands in the search. Everybody from the DEA to local cops, even Faymore's girlfriend Doris, all have been rumored to be looking for this lost treasure. Any idea how much the treasure was supposed to be? Well, nobody is really sure, and the reality is probably that if there was ever a treasure in the walls, Faymore's girlfriend Doris would have probably found it and used it to launch Faymore's legal defense rather than be forced to sell the whole land. So did anyone ever find the treasure? Is the, the castle still there? To my knowledge, nobody would ever claim the treasure. But if you did find it, you probably wouldn't claim it anyway. Right. The castle would stand in the woods, 
in rural Ohio until the early 2000s when a lawyer would buy the land, tear down the castle, and thus ending the saga of Northern Ohio's 1980s drug kingpin and his beloved castle. And that is the story of Dr. Leonard Faymore. Wow, and his beloved castle. And his beloved castle. Wow, that's a great story. You're right, drugs, everything. <laughs> it was everything in that story. It, it had it all. Yeah, I mean, your treasure palace, like you said, a, a drug kingpin, that's pretty cool. So he passed away in 98, is that what you said? He, he yep. did wind up passing in, in 98, and I think in Middleburg Heights, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Did his, and his girlfriend was never convicted of anything. Did they ever suspect her for any for any crimes? No, they didn't. They didn't suspect her for anything because, after all, Faymore was the one with the medical license, and although it was pretty clear she was involved somehow, they never had any incriminating evidence to pin it on her. It was all on him. He was opening, operating just this crazy drug mill. It was like you could get a drive-through for these prescription narcotics. It was crazy. I mean, like you said, it was happening in the parking lot. That's crazy. Just, just like a drug group. You didn't even need an appointment. You could just show up, get your prescription for drugs, get it filled there on site, and that was it. Yeah, and that's probably, and again, that's what, the, um, you know, why the suspicion arose is because there's all these people in the parking lot. What's going on, you know? Yes, yes. And then the, the mystery of the castle, that all added to the story. Just a crazy story. Yeah, it's too bad that castle is no longer there. That would be, you know, I, so the, the guy who bought it just tore it down, and what did he do with the land? Uh, he, he, he built a, he built another house on the land. It was 18 acres. Right. So, okay, there so was, he had yeah, state. yeah, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of land there. And if you go online, you can still see pictures of the old castle and it's pretty funny. They're just holes punched in the cinder blocks of the walls as if people would just go from cinder block to cinder block, bam, 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 looking for this lost treasure. I'm surprised it didn't collapse under the, the, you know, all the, the weight of the castle itself when these holes were created the castle just didn't collapse yeah well maybe uh dr famor who designed the castle himself knew what he was doing yeah apparently it's it, like you said it's still it stood until they it was demolished so great story absolutely thank you and just another story just part of the whole cleveland lore yep I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks yep. for letting us hear if you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more like it head over to ohiomysteries.com. With over 500 podcasts to choose from, there's sure to be one that's going to keep you captivated. I'm Dan, and I can be found at YouTube at North Coast History and Haunts. My partner Mike can be found at Facebook at Too Late for Autographs. Wake up! You made it all the way to the end of this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We sincerely appreciate your support. But we need to hear from you. We'd love to hear about your stories, your rumors, your legends, where you live. Send us your ideas in the links below. We'll review them and feature them on an upcoming podcast. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more.
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.